but we also need to really think about what the Calvary, what Easter is all about. So with that, let's go ahead and turn to your Bibles this morning. We're in Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2, again, this time of year, often we go back and look and we study and, and look at Luke chapter 2 and what all it has for us. And uh, again, there's a little over a week left before we celebrate Christmas. And uh, we stop and think about all that has transpired over the last 2,000 years. Christmas, in my opinion, is probably the most celebrated Christian holiday on the calendar. But unfortunately, there are many people that don't celebrate much about the birth of the Savior. Again, we can question that, well, we don't know the actual day of his birth, and, and that may be true, but that's not the important part of it. Is The important part of this whole time of year is that God sent his Son. God sent a sacrifice for each one of us. God sent someone that would pay for our sin debt. And that's the important part. Understanding the Messiah, understanding what he has done. And uh, again, it came in the form of a baby to pay for our sins as Calvary covers it all. That's what Christmas is all about. That's the reason we celebrate. That's the reason we maybe enjoy this time of year. But again, there's a lot of Christians today that are ashamed to celebrate Christmas the right way. They would rather get caught up with celebrating a fat man in a red suit who has all the attributes of God. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. That's what we understand God as being. People say, well, that's just innocent fun. But those same people are the ones that are raising a generation that don't even know who God is. They're more concerned about being on the naughty list than they are about their name being written in the book of life. There's a problem there. We can't look to the world because they don't understand. When we look at that in the church, that becomes an issue. It becomes a problem. So we've got to truly understand what is it that we know about Christmas and are we celebrating it the right way? This morning I want us to examine the shepherds and reflect on how we can relate to them on this night that God proclaimed the greatest message ever told to mankind. So let's look here in Luke chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse number 8. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of a great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now... Go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This morning I want us to share three similarities we have with the shepherds. Three things we can relate and understand that the shepherds were dealing or going through or who they were and how it reflects on us today. But let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the message of this morning. Lord, again, we do thank you for those that are here. Thank you for the time we've been able to sing your praises to exalt you, lift you up. Lord, I thank you for the fellowship. I thank you for those that have sacrificed their time to be here today. Lord, I pray that you would help us, especially as we open up your word and as we look into this idea of the Christmas story of those that are a part of it. Help us again to look at exactly what scripture has for us today that we can draw closer to you, that we get a better understanding of, of who you are. And Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today. We love you and we again thank you for all that you've done and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we read the Christmas story in scripture, we usually focus just on certain parts or certain people. And yes, uh, we should focus on the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the center of everything written in Scripture. But, you know, there are some other uh, characters or other people that are part of this that we can learn from and hopefully uh, apply to our lives as well. I mentioned that there are some similarities that we find with the shepherds. The first thing I want you to see is that we are the same men the same men. You may be thinking, well, how on earth and what are you talking about being the same men? Well, these shepherds were no different than you and me. They were just common men. Go back and you can look in verse number 8. It says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Notice that didn't say that these were uh, men living in a palace or in a large mansion. They were ordinary working class men doing a job. They weren't the prosperous people. They weren't the pampered people. They weren't the prominent people in society. They weren't the kings. They weren't the priests. They were shepherd. They were honored, uh, excuse me, honorable working class citizens who were keeping watch over their flock. Not only that, they were the night crew, as you would maybe refer to them as. Regardless of where they sat on the social ladder, these shepherds were no different than you and me. Each one of us who get up each and every day, who go to work to provide for our family, those nine to five men and women that work around the world, this is the same example. These were the same men as you and I are. One main trait that we find here that, that, that we understand of who they were is they were, they were watchful. They were doing a job. They were looking. They were seeking, as we often refer to this time of year, seeking were a man. Now again, this announcement that came from the angel of the Lord could have been looked at as a threat. Now again, if you place yourself in their situation, where they are and what they were doing, uh, a bright light comes and, and shines around you, you know, what would you do and how would you react? I think my heart would begin to race maybe a million miles an hour. I maybe would jump up, grab my staff or my rod or, or whatever I had handy and be ready to defend and fight. Because again, that's what their job was to do as a shepherd. They were there to protect their flock. And now all of a sudden this happens and whoo, I'd be on guard, wouldn't you? So again, we can kind of identify ourselves in, in a reaction of what we would do. But these common men had a calling from God. As we look back at verse number 13, excuse me, Verse number 15, 
It says, and it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They recognized that the message that had been delivered to them was worth checking out. They had heard the message. They had seen the angel. But they had to accept the announcement for themselves. The message of the Messiah coming to this world was something that every Jew was taught to look forward to. Each one of them knew something about it. They had been taught as children, again, memorizing Scripture on what they were to look forward to. All of them understood who the Messiah was and were taught to look forward to His coming. You go back and look at Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, a, a very familiar passage during this time of year. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Is this not exactly what the angels had told these shepherds? It's the same message. Isaiah chapter 6, and, or excuse me, Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government excuse me, shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. These are all descriptions of who the Lord Jesus Christ is and would fulfill during his time on earth. You can go back and look in Genesis, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Zechariah, Micah, and a lot of Psalms and see a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, coming in those scriptures. But this announcement from the angels was not a puzzle. It was not something unknown to these shepherds. Again, uh, if you were to study, these shepherds were Jews. They understood what was going on. They knew what was to come. They had been taught it. But this was something that they were to look forward to. It was a calling from God. But we also see that they continued quickly to Bethlehem. Again, as verse number 15 told us, let us now go. It was so important that they weren't going to wait until morning. It wasn't going to be, uh, well, let's wait till next week, or uh, I don't have a, a time spot on my schedule right now, and, and maybe we'll go another time. No, they said, hey, we're going to go right now. We've seen this message. We understand what's going on. Let's go check it out and see. This marvelous event that was happening, it was happening right now. And again, they wanted to witness the birth of what they had been taught to look forward to. I can understand their excitement. I remember when our first grandchild was about to be born, we got a call about probably 1130 or so in the night. And uh, uh, we were told that Mary was going into labor. Not Mary in Luke chapter 2 is our daughter-in-law Mary, but... It's amazing how that correlates, isn't it? Uh, so anyway, what did we do? We, we didn't say, well, let's just wait till the morning. No, what did we do? We packed it back, jumped in the car, uh, again called, hey, uh, we're going to go. Uh, Bridget's parents went with us. We crammed everybody in and, and took off to Des Moines. Uh, again, driving all night. Again, we were excited about what was to come and, and what the Lord would deliver. And again, there was an excitement in what was happening. Again, it's these same shepherds were the same way, uh, same way, they had that same idea of, of being excited of what was to come. Many of the Jews were not picturing a baby, though. Even though Scripture teaches that, we just uh, read a couple of verses there in Isaiah that taught them and told them what they were to look forward to. Today, they're still seeking a Messiah. They're still looking for somebody to deliver them out of the, the, the fists and out of the, the, the problems of oppression. 
You stop and think about what's going on in Israel today. They're still looking for a Messiah to deliver them out of that. But they were taught to look for a baby. A virgin conceiving and bringing forth a son. God sent his son to this earth to pay for our sin debt so we don't have to. Aren't you thankful for that? This is the most precious gift ever given. As we consider these similarities of being common men, not one of us here are without need of a Savior. Just like these shepherds, they needed a Savior. You and I today, we need a Savior. Everyone on this earth needs a Savior. Mary herself needed a Savior. Study your Bible and you'll see that. But again, it reminds us that we are all sinners. And that the sin has to be paid for. We can pay for it ourselves with our own lives. Or we can accept the sacrifice that Jesus has already made on the cross of Calvary to pay for our sin debt. Again, I appreciate the song. It ties right in with exactly what we understand the Christmas message to be. That Christ came to Calvary to die for you and for me. We all have a calling on our lives. We are all to share the message of salvation to all the world to proclaim the good news just as these angels had done. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. With that calling, we are to continue to share the message. We don't know when our time will be up. We don't know when the Lord will return. So this is why we need to be busy doing what God has called us to do. We can easily identify with these shepherds as being the same men. So hopefully now you can connect the dots with that part. But secondly, we see that we should use the same method. The same method. Look back again at verse number 17 with me. It says, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Again, could you imagine being in this field, watching your sheep, and then suddenly the sky lighting up like it's noonday? I'm sure they didn't look down at their watches to check to see what time it was. Uh, I'm almost certain that they didn't pull out their, their, their phones to check to see uh, what was going on, to see if there was some kind of supernatural phenomenon or, or see what somebody else is posting on, on their Facebook or what's going on and happening. Uh, they understood it was the time of night. It was to be dark. But what was this light? What was going on? What was happening right now? Not only was the sky bright, But they also heard the sounds of great joy. Again, look back at verse number 10. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This was not like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh announcing the birth of Christ. For unto you is born this day good tidings of great joy. You know, I I know some Christians are kind of like that at times. They're not very excited, not very happy about what God has done. But I don't believe this is how the angels made this announcement. Again, I picture an army of angels happy and excited about what they were sharing. Again, they knew who was coming. They knew the reason for him coming to this earth. So they were excited to be able to share this message, to make this announcement that Jesus was coming. This was God's plan to redeem the entire human race. And how would you have responded If you heard the angels and they were kind of ho-hum with their delivery, how excited would you be? 
You know, the, again, there's Christians today that try to witness and invite people to church, and they, they, they kind of have that mindset, Hi, I'm, uh, I want you to come to church, and uh, I'm really excited, and yippee, and I'm glad I'm going to heaven. You want to go? No. I, I don't want that excitement that you have. I want something better, Right? But yet there's people that have that same idea when they try to invite people and talk with people about the Lord. Again, we're to have the joy of the Lord and the salvation that He has given us. This is why I always say you should at least smile when you invite people to church. You may not be able to read them, uh, lead them through Scripture or, or lead them down the path of, of salvation or anything like that. But you can at least show them the joy of the Lord. You can at least be excited about what God has done for you and in you to share that plan of salvation, to tell them what has happened to you. Again, this is the good news of what is to come. Jesus was coming. It was a sign of the Savior, as we find there in verse number 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Jesus, the Deliverer, the Savior of all of mankind has been born. He is the Christ. He is the Anointed One. He is the Messiah. Again, these are words that we use to describe who He is. But if you went back and again to look at Scripture, we find that He is the promised seed of woman in Genesis chapter 3, the prophesied seed of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, the King and Prince of Righteousness in Genesis 14, the Lamb of God in Genesis 22, the Bridge of Heaven in Genesis 28, the Sent One in Genesis 49, and the Messiah to come in Genesis 49. There are over 20 different references to the Lord Jesus Christ just found in the book of Genesis. So again, we stop and think about why are the Jews not focused on who Jesus was? Because they were taught Him. They knew who He was. They memorized these words. Again, they were told who to look for. A babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This was the physical baby that they were to look for. But we stop and think about what are we to show them today? What are we to do today as we are witnessing, as we are telling others about Christ? We are to be that living testimony as well. Too many times I think we, we say, well, uh, I, my actions don't do anything. Again, God looks on the heart of man, doesn't he? Yeah, but man looks on our actions. And if we're here to witness, if we're here to invite people to Christ, then our actions need to reflect that as well. You know, on Wednesday night, we've been going through uh, the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter number 5. And we talked about being meek. We've talked about hungering and thirsting after righteousness, being merciful, pure in heart, and so on. And why are we to do that? Because we, again, are supposed to lead people to Christ. As Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are to point people to the one who died on the cross our Lord and Savior. We are to personally witness to others about what is to come for those who reject Christ. This is the same message the angels used. They simply spoke to others. So what are we saying to those around us? Are we sharing the good news of the gospel? Are we witnessing as we are called to do? We can identify as the same men. We've been shown the same method. And now we must realize to have the same message. The same message. Look at verse number 20 with me again. 
says, And the shepherds returned to glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. If this was you and you saw the angel, you heard the message, you witnessed the baby, what would have gone through your mind as far as getting the news out? Did you ever stop and think about how would you would react? What would you do in this type of situation? You know, they could have said, well, it was pretty bright that night when the angels appeared, and uh, I'm sure other people saw it, so since everybody saw it, there's no need for me to say anything. We kind of have that mentality today. Well, everybody's heard of Jesus. Everybody knows who God is, right? So why should I have to tell them? But yet we've got people today, even in America, a country that was founded upon the Word of God that still has never seen or never understood who the Savior is. Again, this is our responsibility to share that message. But are we doing it? You know, they don't need to tell anyone else because the entire sky was lit up and, and the heavenly hosts were praising God and, and, and with that same message. So, so why do I have to worry about it? Again, we can see the idea of the host here. We don't know how many are actually in a, a host, as mentioned here. But the Greek word gives us the implication that it was an army. Have you ever tried to get a large group of people to say something quietly? Even if they tried to whisper, it probably wouldn't work so well. So why do I have to say anything? Because I'm sure the message went abroad. Everybody probably heard it. But this message was not given in a quiet way. Stop and think this was the greatest message ever delivered to man's ear. So I, I don't picture in my mind at all the angels saying, Shh, glory to God in the highest, down to earth, peace, goodwill to man. I just don't picture that happening. Again, they were proclaiming it. They were telling the world what was going on. These angels, these heavenly hosts, were not scared to share the message. And neither were the shepherds. Again, in verse number 17, we read how the shepherds had made known the message abroad by repeating exactly what they had been told by the angels. Not only that, they could also give a personal account of what they saw. This is how we are to spread the message of Christ, to share with others our personal testimony. Because nobody can tell your story like you can. Nobody else can witness your account and share that like you can. You know, Daniel wanted to make sure that everyone understood and knew from his own account what God had done for him. Turn back, if you would, to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. Begin reading in verse number 1. Again, this is Daniel wanting to make sure everyone understood what happened to him. Daniel chapter 4, verse number 1 says, Nebuchadnezzar the king, unto all people, nations, and languages... That dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show, you, show the signs and wonders. That the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs. And how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. Daniel continues to go on and, and proclaim the goodness of all that God had done for him. Hey, King Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, the entire earth, the entire uh, Babylonian uh, kingdom. This is what God has done. This is the one I'm to proclaim. This is the one that I'm going to celebrate. It's not me. It's not anyone else. It's all God. 
We cannot be scared to mention who God is. And for him sending his son to this earth in the form of a baby during this Christmas season. People need to be reminded of the hope that is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 18 tells us that others wondered at these things which were told to them by the shepherds. This word wondered means to admire and to marvel. This was not a time to question the message or the method used. But another interesting attribute of these shepherds is they didn't switch the message. Again, think back to what verse number 18 says. They made known abroad the sayings which was told to them. Could you imagine if this would have happened today? What type of message would have gone out? Maybe these shepherds would have said, well, God shone a light around my sheep, saying these are the precious gifts, and well, there's none like them. These are special. And because of that, I'm going to offer them for 50 shekels of gold. So who wants to give me 50? Anybody want to give me 50? Maybe they would auction them off. I don't know. They would try to make some type of benefit from what they had. Again, no one else saw it. I'm the only one that can then know the message. Maybe they would have thought to themselves, well, I'm special. You know, the angels didn't talk to anybody else, but, you know, me, Joe, and Jimmy Bob here. So we've got to be the three greatest shepherds that there are because we got the message. So because of that and nobody else knows that message, then, well, you know, it's going to cost you a pretty penny for me to tell you my memoirs, so to speak. Or, you know, hey, maybe, you know, I had this turban on that night, and, and maybe you can have it. Maybe I'll sell it to you. Maybe you can have the blessings of God if you would buy this, this simple uh, headband, and, and, you know, if you just make a donation, we'll say. Donate 10 shekels to the shepherds that shine is our foundation. And, and so you can have some money. You'll have the blessings like I will. You know, these are some things that, that go through our mind and maybe seem a little comical. But that's what a lot of people today are trying to do. They're trying to put the light on them. They're trying to get gain and fortune because of how God has blessed them. But that's not what we're to do. We're to, again, not switch the message, but share exactly what God has done. As 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 8 says, give thanks, unto the, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Notice it said His deeds. Not my deeds, not your deeds, but God's deeds. That's all we need to do. Share with others what God has done. These shepherds were not scared to give the message. They didn't switch the message. And they were not ashamed of the message. Again, as we look back at our theme this year, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Again, this is why we're looking at being ashamed during the Christmas season. There's a lot of people today that are not pro providing the message that God has given us. The hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Because we want to give this message. We want to give that message. We want to share something else. But I hope this morning that you're willing to share the right message. To not be ashamed of what God has done for us. To not be ashamed of the true meaning of Christmas. That's what I want every believer, every member of our church to proudly say, I'm not ashamed of Christmas.
Because it's about Christ. It's about nothing else. Again, these shepherds were brought to focus on one thing, and that was the baby. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Him coming to this earth. That's what we need to make sure we're sharing with others. Are you ashamed of Christmas? Are you ashamed of what God has done for us? Help others focus on the reason that we have this time of year to celebrate. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes?